You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. Everyone, uh, welcome back to Weekly. This is the first episode post-election. Uh, uh, joining me today, uh, we have uh, a freelance writer. Um, her work has appeared in the New York Daily News, as well as the Charleston Gazette Mail uh, and other uh, publications, including the Federalists. Uh, she is the host of the Pretty Politics podcast uh, and she's the author of a new uh young adult novel titled red um uh, kiana fulton uh kiana thank you for joining me thank you for having me so tell me a little bit uh, about your podcast tell me a little bit about uh your work in the past so who- yeah okay my podcast is just basically i just talk about what's going on in american politics I give it from a liberal perspective because I'm a registered Democrat. Um, so I give from that angle. As far as my writings, it's the same thing. I write mostly political commentaries and culture criticisms. And I give from a left point of view on how I see the world and how I see um, our, how our country is going, our elected officials, and just cultural moments that happen. Everything is just I kind of give from a liberal, a liberal point of view. Mm. All right. Well, uh, why don't we uh, jump uh, right into the news with that then? Um, So uh, this week uh, or or recently, uh, President-elect Joe Biden was officially uh, declared the winner of the presidential uh, of the 2020 presidential election uh, by the AP, uh, meaning he will be the next president of the United States. Uh, as uh, Biden recently turned 78 years old, he will be the oldest man ever sworn in uh, as president of the United States. He will also be the first uh, man in American history to uh, become to serve uh, as president into his 80s. Uh, so there's that. Uh, on top of that, uh, Kamala Harris, the senator from California, uh, has also been elected vice president of the United States. Uh, she, um, uh, she will become the first uh, black vice president of the United States, as well as the first woman vice president uh, of the United States. Uh, however, Donald Trump is not backing down yet. Uh, Trump has uh, declined to concede as of the time this episode is being recorded, and he's launching multiple lawsuits in some states uh, that Joe Biden uh, has won, including uh, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Kiana, what are your thoughts on the 2020 presidential election results? Um, well, my first thought is I was very shocked, not personally, well, I guess personally, I was shocked that the election was so close. 
considering like Trump obviously did much better than what the polling said he was going to do. They made it seem like it was going to be a landslide for Joe Biden. That obviously was not the case. It was a nail biter. Um, So I actually give kudos to Trump for giving Biden a run for his money in this election, considering I don't personally feel like Trump has done a good job managing the pandemic. He's been all over the place from wear a face mask, don't wear a face mask. Um, It's not that big of a deal. Don't let it take control of your life. I mean, he's just been all over the place. (laughs) And I thought that was going to affect him more. Obviously not, especially since this pandemic has had a huge effect on the economy. But I guess not as many people were upset with him about it as I thought they were. Um, Secondly, I'm actually shocked that Democrats lost seats in the house i think they currently lost four seats in the house that i felt like they should have held on to but they didn't and there's a variety of reasons that there's a possibility some people think the defund the police um policy from some some progressives on the left may have hindered these democrats in those house seats i'm not particularly sure about that because progressives that ran on that message kept their seats or they won seats in the house so i I think that's up in the air um the thing that's irritating me right now with the election is trump or after the election i should say not conceding the race um i think he's being a sore loser and i think him going around the country like in arizona and georgia and michigan and in mostly black areas contesting those votes and saying those mail-in ballots are illegal I find that to be highly offensive as a black person because my, I didn't vote in those states. That's not the states I live in, but my vote counts just as every other black person's vote counts. Um, and I think we need to stop with these dog whistle politics of saying only a certain group are the legal votes and the other groups are illegal votes. Um, I think we're all Americans and we need to be respectful of elections and the results in our elections. There was no fraud. In these areas that he's contesting, like I said, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, and also Pennsylvania, those states currently have Republicans running the election board, and they're saying there is no fraud in these elections. Georgia has counted their ballots twice already and said Joe Biden has won the state of Georgia. Um, I think Arizona counted twice and said Biden won the election in that state. He won the most votes in that state. I'm just... I'm enough is enough to me because I feel like our country is so divided and we need to start to come together and we can't come together when we have a current incumbent who is disrespecting our democracy and our, how we vote for a president in this country. All right. Well, let's move on to some of the other election projections. Uh, So right now it looks like Republicans uh, will keep the United States Senate. The Senate was one of the, Outside of the presidential election, it was one of the big, uh, one of the big uh, elections that were that was up for grabs. Uh, many Democrats uh, saw a lot of optimistic possibilities that they could uh, mm-hmm. win back the United States Senate. Um, right now, uh, it isn't technically decided yet about the United States Senate. There are two uh, races up in the air uh, that we'll talk about that uh, could determine uh, control of the United States Senate. Uh, however, right now it is as of right now, it is not looking great for Democrats uh, in the United States Senate. They have made a few pickups. Uh, it should be noted that in the state 
uh, of Colorado. Uh, uh, Joe Biden won that state by a big margin. Uh, Republicans weren't too confident about their chances of keeping that seat. Uh, As expected, Cory Gardner, the incumbent, lost to Democrat John Hickenlooper. Uh, We know that uh, uh, in Arizona, that was a key contested race. Mm -hmm. We know we know now that Mark Kelly, uh, the Democrat there, has defeated Martha McSally, another pickup for the Democrats. However, in other key races um, uh, in the state of Maine, uh, for example, many Democrats thought that they could finally take down Susan Collins uh, back in 2018. If you all remember, there was a lot of controversy uh, over her vote for Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Many Democrats uh, thought that they could pick up that race. Stephen King thought that uh, uh, it was potentially flirting the idea of running, uh, as was Susan Rice. Eventually, Sarah Gideon was the Democrats' choice. Uh, it looks like uh, Susan Collins will win that seat and potentially by a, a more significant than expected margin. Um, in the state of, uh, of North Carolina, it looks like Republican Tom Tillis will narrowly hold on to his seat uh, against Democrat Kel Cunningham. That was another uh, key contested uh, race uh, in Iowa. Uh, Joni Ernst was considered a vulnerable incumbent. She has defeated narrowly uh, Democrat Teresa Greenfield. Uh, and in Montana, one race Democrats felt pretty good about. Uh, Steve Daines, uh, the Republican incumbent, will go back to the uh, Senate, defeating Montana's Democratic governor, Steve Bullock. There are two Senate races, uh, however, that are outstanding that will be decided uh, in January that could flip uh, the Senate if Democrats win them both. Uh, In both of the uh, Georgia races, if you'll remember, There is a special election in Georgia this year because of a resignation as well as a regular uh, Georgia election with David Perdue. uh, uh, Johnny Isaacson resigned, and that's why there's a special election. But uh, David Perdue uh, failed uh, to get 50 percent and uh, 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 Isaacson's replacement uh, also failed uh, to get uh, 50 percent, which means that in January, uh, Purdue will have to go up against uh, against uh, John Ossoff, mm-hmm. uh, a Democrat. And in Georgia, uh, special election, um, uh, Kelly Loeffler will have to go up against Raphael Warnock. Um, and right now, both races seem to be down to the wire. Um, they're both expected to be close. Obviously, it's looking like the favorite with Georgia right now. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on those two races and why do you think Democrats didn't win some of the key races like Maine and North Carolina? I should note if they win the two races in Georgia, that would get them to 50, 50 with vice president Kamala Harris, that would break the tie. But, but why do you think some of those key races didn't go democratic like Maine and North Carolina and Iowa? Um, The first thing I think it is, is that Trumpism is a lot stronger than what the media has given credit for. Um, I think there are a lot of there. Obviously, the polls have shown us there are a lot of people that support Trump. And I think the mainstream media and I think the pollsters just have completely underrated um, the support that Trump has in this country. And the fact that 
Trump supporters also appreciate those senators and representatives that have stuck by Trump's side through this four years. You know, this has been a hard four years for Trump. He has faced a lot of scandals and investigations and it's been trying times for him. I can admit that as a Democrat, like his president, he wasn't given a hard, easy time as president. Um, but that said, I just think Republicans that support Trump, they just, they're, they're sticking with him and they're sticking with anybody that supports him. So that includes Susan Collins in Maine and then the representative in North Carolina as well. As far as Georgia goes, um, I think it's a possibility that Republicans are likely going to probably end up taking those two seats in the end. But I still think Democrats have a chance if they, you know, if they do what they do and they put their their um, they go out there and they knock on the doors, they make calls and they actually speak with that base. I actually think they have a little better. Uh, Democrats have an easier time winning those elect or a better chance of winning those seats right now because. Compared to, like, I would say, like last week or the week before, because, again, with Trump not conceding this election, contesting the votes of black voters, I know he hasn't explicitly said it, but he's just basically used dog whistle politics to say that, oh, these votes are illegal. Most of these votes that he's contesting are in black areas. And in particular in Georgia, Stacey Abrams has worked her behind off to register black people in that state. And that's why they're heading towards a runoff right now because it's just neck and neck between Republicans and Democrats and Democrats owe Stacey Abrams a huge <laughs> a huge thank you for really you know she put put foot soldiers there and got a bunch of people registered and if Trump just keeps with this nonsense of the votes in um, Georgia and Atlanta Georgia should be tossed out the mail-in votes which mostly went to Joe Biden I think that's going to piss a lot of people off, in particular black Republicans or, or black Trump supporters who were like, well, I voted in that state and I voted for you. Are you saying my vote now doesn't count because you ended up not winning that state? So I think Trump and his people need to be very careful about their rhetoric because they're, they're starting to hurt the two um, Republican candidates that are in this runoff currently that are trying to hold on to those seats so that they can maintain the majority in the Senate. But like I said, he keeps with this rhetoric um, that makes black people feel like you're saying my vote doesn't count. He might end up giving this victory to the Democrats in the end. All right. All right. Let me ask you this. You talk about pollsters. Uh, Do you think polling is dead uh, on a national level? Because I know this, this has been a discussion since 2016. Uh, a lot of people argued in 2016 that the polling was within the margin of error. Uh, but as you said, some of the polling was inaccurate this election. Do you think polling is dead? I don't think polling is dead, but I think polling needs to reform itself. Um, I think polling needs to take a hard look at who are the people that they're talking to. First of all, I always think they only talk to specific people. They either are talking to people more in the coastal areas that tend to lean Democrat, or they're talking to maybe some Midwesterner people, but they're only talking to specific white voters in the Midwest. They're not talking to other races that live in those areas as well, or they're not talking to Republicans that live in coastal areas so that the polling is just always off because you're just talking (laughs) to the same group of people time and time again they need to expand who they're speaking to they need to start speaking to everybody that's a a registered voter of different political positions different racial racial backgrounds religious demographics i just don't think polling has captured 
enough voters that they, they can truly get an understanding of what's going on out there. Um, did they Like, how did they miss the fact that so many Latinos <laughs> were in support of Donald Trump in this country? Like, they act like Joe Biden was going to win the Hispanic vote hands down. That turned out to not happen. And that tells me because you're not speaking to those voters, you're just making assumptions about those voters, or you're just only talking to specific voters that you know are going to tell you specific things. Same thing with the Black vote. Trump ended up increasing his support amongst um, Black voters, in particular Black men. I think in 2016, Trump got 8% of the Black man vote. It went up to 13%. He ended up losing, unfortunately, for I guess for him. He lost some Black support amongst women, but he still has done better than prior Republican presidents. Like, how did the polling miss that? Like, I don't, like, they're, to me, I just feel like they're not talking to enough people. They're only talking to specific people, and they need to expand that coalition groups that they are talking to. All right. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the 2024 election, even though it is four years away. Uh, we are already talking about the 2024 elections. Uh, right now, uh, Joe Biden is president-elect, and he will uh, be eligible uh, to run in 2024 should uh, he choose to. Uh, however, as Joe Biden will be 82 years old, uh, many have speculated that he may choose not to run for re-election. Uh, if Joe Biden does choose to run, he will be uh, the first, uh, if he chooses to run and he is the Democratic nominee, that will make him the first major party nominee uh, in history to be running for president uh, in their not in their 80s. Um, but Joe Biden could run. Uh, but as many uh, do speculate, he will retire. Uh, this has led to speculation that the 2024 Democratic nominee could be Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. However, she may not be the only pick on the list. Uh, uh, Governor, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo are both rumored uh, to be on a list of potential candidates that could run in 2024 on the Democratic side. On top of that, many progressives are also saying that they could run as well, including uh, Nina Turner. Uh, the former Ohio State Senator and President uh, of Our Revolution, a, uh, a group that backs Bernie Sanders, um, and Andrew Yang, a candidate for president in 2020, who has said recently uh, that he could potentially uh, run in 2024, even if Joe Biden uh, or Kamala Harris uh, are in office. Um, uh on top of that, uh, many have also speculated that New York uh, Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez could potentially run as well, as this will be the first election that she will be eligible to run in. Uh, on top of that, Republicans are already lining up. Uh, right now, three major Republicans uh, are expressing interest to the press, including uh, former New Jersey governor and 2016 presidential candidate Chris Christie, uh, who has already put uh, reportedly put together a team to run in 2024, uh, talk show, uh, Fox News talk show host Sean Hannity, and uh, political commentator Chris Owens. 
however, in terms of who could be uh, the biggest candidates running right now, uh, the bigger candidates uh, that have been rumored uh, for the Republican nomination uh, in 2024 uh, include uh, uh, right now retiring Vice President uh, Mike Pence, Utah Senator Mitt Romney, uh, former South Carolina governor and former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley, former Ohio governor uh, John Kasich, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Florida Senator Marco Rubio, Florida's other senator Rick Scott, South Carolina's Senator Tim Scott, and others such as uh, such as uh, Fox News host Tucker Carlson, uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, uh, and many others. Ted Cruz is rumored to run. Uh, Ron DeSantis is rumored to run. The list is very long so far, very similar uh, to the long list of Democrats that ran in 2020. Uh, however, there is one name that could be returning, and that is Donald Trump himself. Right now, uh, current reports speculate that Donald Trump could already be plotting a 2024 comeback uh, in, uh, in that year. Uh, right now, uh, Donald Trump is, uh, is constitutionally allowed to run in 2024 if he so chooses, uh, and some uh, speculate that if he were to win in 2024, he may even be eligible to run again in 2028, uh, although that would lead to some constitutional uh, battles. Uh, right now, uh, the rumors of Donald Trump running again uh, seem to uh, be uh, very high. According to many uh, bettors, political bettors, these are, of course, the people that bet uh, on, uh, you know, who will win a presidential election, who will win a political election. Right now, uh, Donald Trump is third uh, on the betting charts uh, to be the next president of the United States in 2024 after Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, And according to uh, a recent Legler poll, Donald Trump uh, has a substantial lead uh, over all of his Republican uh, challengers in 2024. Uh, And according to to one poll, 58 percent of Republicans would like to see Donald Trump run again in 2024 uh what are your thoughts uh on donald trump uh on the rumors that donald trump could run again in 2024 um obviously trump isn't within his right to run again in 2024 but i kind of find it ironic that he's sitting here talking about or there's talk about him running in 2024 when he hasn't even conceded this current election cycle (laughs) that we're in so this is not making any sense because you're saying this is fraud and you won this election but yet you're talking about running in 2024 but that said he's within his rights to run in 2024 if he wants to he like i said earlier he has a huge support i mean he got 73 million people voted for him in this election cycle so he he would be starting at a very good starting point um if he decides to to run again which is fine i hope he doesn't but if he wants to do that that's obviously within his right to do that um regarding the other candidates i think 
I definitely think Nikki, Nikki Haley should run for president. I think she has great credentials. I don't agree with a lot of her policies. I do think she's a good politician. I do think she um, supports democracy, and I think she's a patriot, regardless of some of my disagreements I have with her. I think she did a pretty good job running um, the United States on behalf of America, I mean, United Nations on behalf of America. Um, I think um, I think Ted Cruz should run again. Um, I've always long thought he, he's a good um, conservative Republican um, politician, and I, I hope he puts his hat. He goes back into the to, to the ring, I guess is the saying. Um, who else did you mention? Tim, do you say not Tim Scott, but Tom Cotton? I think Tom Cotton would be is a good candidate. That would be interesting because I think Tom Cotton and Donald Trump are kind of similar in how they do their politics. Um, so I think that would be interesting them trying to fight over like that same coalition of um, alt right conservatives. I would say. Um, who else is running for in the list? Uh, Marco Ruby, I don't think should run again. I don't think he is as popular as he was. I think he missed his moment in 2016, and I think he just needs to stick with staying in the Senate for now. Um, I don't think he should run in 2024. I think he needs to somehow rebrand himself because he's kind of all over the place currently. Like it's like there's times he's pro Trump, and then there's times he tries to like distance himself from Trump. And I think he needs to just make up his mind what kind of um, Republican politician he is. Um, who else was on the Republican list? Josh Hawley. Josh, I think Josh Hawley, as much as Josh Hawley personally gets on my nerves, <laughs> I do think if I was a Republican, I would like Josh Hawley. I think for a Republican, he talks about all the right things. Like he talks about he's against monopolies, which actually a lot of progressives are against monopolies, including myself. Um, He's been, I think he's been very respectful to Donald Trump without necessarily kissing up to Donald Trump. So I think that he would actually be able to secure some of those never Trump voters that just did they're against Donald Trump. But I think Josh Hawley has a way to win those people and also win a couple of Trump voters to his side. Um, Obviously, he's anti-regulation. He's just like the poster person for a Republican but he's not like an elitist you know what I'm saying like he's not like a Jeb Bush <laughs> something like that so um, I, 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 if I was a Republican I would like Josh Hawley just like if I was a Republican I would like Ted Cruz um, as far as the Democratic side um, honestly I think they're looking at all the wrong people I think they need to be looking at people like Tim Ryan or Chris Coons. I don't know if you mentioned Chris Coons, actually. Or Chris Murphy. Uh, I also think Eric Holtler should put should decide if he wants to jump in or not. Um, I know conservatives don't like him, but that's not a reason for him not to run as president as a Democrat. Uh, I think we should be looking at um, Tammy Duckworth. Um, Susan Rice... I have mixed feelings with her. <laughs> like, I like Susan Bryce. I think she's very qualified. I just don't know if she has the material to be president. Um, mm. Let's, I, I just, I feel like it's just the whole Benghazi scandal. I just feel like I don't want to rehash that anymore. And since she was a part of it, although she didn't make any decisions regarding Benghazi, all that was really up to Hillary Clinton and her team and Barack Obama as the president. She's still mixed into it because she spoke on behalf of the um, Obama administration. And I also like my um, people that run for president 
obviously Donald Trump didn't have <laughs> political experience, but I like for people to have held, held the office at one point in time. I, I need for people to have that government experience beyond just being like you worked for an administration. I want you to have been a mayor or a governor or a house of, worked in the House of Representatives, like as a rep, you know, you represented an actual state, an actual, you know, community. Um, I think we have too many elitists running our country right now that don't know what's going on in average day up for average day Americans. So I want people that it they had no choice. They had to speak to their voters because they needed those voters to vote for them. So that's why I lean more towards people who've already held office more so than people that have never held an office. Um, that's why I like Senator Tammy Duckworth. I like Chris Coons, Tim Ryan. I just think Tim Ryan is such, he's so good at talking to middle America um, and not just white people in middle America. He talks to black people, Hispanic people, Indian Americans. Like he really, he has a good grasp of what's going on in middle America because he sees it every day. Um, so I, I just think he would be a perfect candidate for the Democrats. And I was so upset that he didn't really make it. And the last time when he ran for president, I, I just didn't understand. I thought he was the perfect candidate. Like I was like, he actually gets what's going on. Like people are, he gets the struggles that people have economically. Um, he gets that people struggle to put, keep their lights on, to pay their medical bills, to keep a job he has watched people in his state lose their jobs because jobs you know a lot of those oil jobs have just disappeared like so he gets the pain that is like going on in this country that I don't think a lot of other politicians get I think Donald Trump tried to speak to it unfortunately I think he let a lot of those people down um but you know (laughs) it is what it is but it's also weird to talk about 2024 when we are currently haven't got to the next president for 2021 but that's just the state of politics I guess but I just think Democrats need to start looking at other people than who I'm hearing them talking about now they need to talk to more people that are in middle America uh, and are people that you know everyday average workers people that make less than fifty thousand dollars a year I want you to I want those type of politicians that understand what those people are going to because right now our politics is just set up to benefit the rich, to benefit corporations, and they're just forgetting about the middleman and poor class that make this country great, that keep this country going. So we shall see. All right. Uh, so I want to talk. Uh, uh, um, I want to talk a little bit about the 2022 uh, midterm elections because those are also being set up currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, uh, in 2022, as you said, Democrats did lose many seats in the House uh, this election season. Uh, it is looking like uh, Democrats will uh, will hold the smallest House majority uh, since 2000, when Republicans only held a nine-seat majority in the United States House mm-hmm. of Representatives, uh, which uh, increases the likelihood uh, of Democrat of uh, Republicans potentially retaking the United States House of Representatives uh, in 2022. Uh, right now, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader for the Republicans, is already uh, plotting uh, a, a path to try and retake the House. Um, right now, uh, every midterm since uh, since uh, uh, FDR or every president since FDR. 
has seen their party lose seats in the House, with one exception, that exception being in 2002, following the 9-11 attacks, when George W. Bush's uh, popularity went up, leading to Republicans gaining seats in the House during George W. Bush's first midterm. Uh, However, outside of that, uh, most presidents are known to substantially lose seats uh, in the House during their first midterm. Uh, In 2022, um, uh, 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 right uh, in 2010, uh, I should say, uh, Democrats during Barack Obama's first midterm Democrats lost a staggering 63 seats in the House Uh, in 2018 during Donald Trump's first midterm. Republicans lost a staggering 41 seats in the House. So Republicans are confident that they will retake the House in 2022. Uh, However, Democrats do feel more optimism about the Senate, even if they do not get the Senate on January 5th. Democrats do see a lot of potential uh, for them to regain the U.S. Senate in 2022. Right now, uh, Democrats uh, are running in a. Uh, Democrats uh, are going to target Republicans in at least two states that Joe Biden won in 2000 uh, and. Uh, in 2020, those two states being Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. In Wisconsin, uh, Ron Johnson uh, is the incumbent uh, who will have to defend his seat in 2022. Uh, Democrats feel very strongly uh, that they can pick up the seat. Uh, and in Pennsylvania, Democrats may have a very good chance uh, of winning uh, that seat back as Senator Pat Toomey, the Republican there, has announced he will retire there to spend more time with his family, much to the delight of many Democrats. However, in other races, Democrats uh, do not. Uh, however, in other races, uh, Republicans may also be vulnerable uh, as well. Donald Trump only narrowly won uh, the state of North Carolina in 2020. Uh, on top of that, the uh, incumbent senator there, Tom Tillis, only uh, barely won his seat there as well. Uh, And in 2022, there will be an open race in North Carolina as controversial uh, Senator Richard Burr will be retiring. This week, uh, the president's daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, said that she is considering running in the North Carolina Senate race in 2022 as the president's chief of staff, former North Carolina Congressman Mark Meadows, is in that seat. He is ruling that out. Um, and in Iowa, uh, many people are wondering uh, if uh, if uh, Chuck Grassley, uh, the sixth term incumbent there, the sixth term Republican in- uh, incumbent there who is 89 years old, uh, will run for reelection. Uh, Grassley says he's considering another run, but he hasn't made up his mind yet. As Grassley is an incumbent senator, Grassley running again would likely make the seat. Uh, a very uh, or would likely make the seat uh, a seat that he would win as he is considered very popular there. It's mm-hmm. unlikely the race would be incumbent if Grassley runs again. However, if the race is open, Democrats could give Republicans a run for their money. Uh, however, that may not be the only uh, race uh, Republicans have to deal with. 
Uh, in Florida, Marco Rubio, who is hoping to run uh, as a Republican candidate for 2024, uh, will have to first defend his seat in 2022. Uh, right now, he is facing a challenging uh, primary. Um, right, or, or right now, uh, many people uh, have speculated that Marco Rubio may have to defend uh, whether uh, he chooses to run uh, in uh, or he may have to answer questions about whether he is going to run in 2024 or not. Uh, as many people in 2016 during his reelection bid in the Senate attacked him for running uh, for president earlier that year. And in Georgia, whoever wins the special election between Raphael, uh, Raphael Warnock and incumbent Kelly Loeffler in January will have to defend that seat. Uh, in uh, in 2022, and that race is expected to be highly competitive, regardless uh, of whether Warnock or Loeffler wins uh, on January 5th. Uh, in terms of uh, races that Republicans uh, are targeted, uh, it's very likely that Republicans will attempt to target uh, Mark uh, Kelly's seat. Mark Kelly was elected to uh, the Senate this year in a special election, but he'll have to defend his seat once again uh, for a full term in 2022. Uh, Some Republicans have speculated that incumbent governor uh, of Arizona, Doug Ducey, could run to try and unseat Kelly. Uh, In Nevada, following a tight race there, many Republicans have their hopes up that they could potentially uh, give uh, incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto a run for her money. And in North, uh, in, in New Hampshire, uh, many Republicans are hoping that popular Governor Chris Sununu could run against incumbent Maggie Hassan, potentially giving Republicans uh, a shot at picking up that seat. Uh, some Republicans have also speculated uh, that they could uh, win, uh, give uh, Michael Bennett uh, a, a competitive race in Colorado. Uh, and many Democrats have speculated that they could give Rob Portman uh, a competitive race in Ohio. Uh, but however, uh, but as both of those states uh, are considered uh, becoming less swing states and more partisan, many people believe Ohio is leaning in more of a Republican direction. Many people believe Colorado is leaning in a more Democratic direction. It will be a long shot for both of those parties to try and pick up those races. So what are your thoughts uh, on the early uh, 2022 elections? Um, well, the news is basically saying that 2022 is going to be a hard year for Democrats um, to maintain seats in the House and, the, and I guess the Senate as well. Um, I think it just depends on how, for the Democrats, how Joe Biden's presidency goes um, in those first, in his first year. It depends, like, if he's able to bring us back, bring the economy back from dealing with the pandemic, if he's able to get more stimulus to um, Americans' hands, um, if he's able to expand on Obamacare and expand health care for more Americans, if he's able to keep us out of wars and start bringing our troops back home, which is actually something Trump is continuing to work on, um, but if Trump is, I mean, if Biden is able to continue on that path of bringing our troops home, I think it would be an actually, I think the tea leaves will change in Democrats' favor. Um, but if the opposite happens and he's not able to get a stimulus or revive the economy, I think it's going to be very hard for the Democrats to secure victories. Um, the, 
on that set, I'm really kind of disappointed that the Democrats are looking like they're going to re-nominate Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House. I think she has not done a good job in quite some time, <laughs> in fact, in helping Democrats to keep seats in the House. Um, and the same goes for Chuck Schumer in the Senate. Um, but I will have yet in 2018, when Nancy Pelosi kind of stood in the background and she wasn't too involved in what was going on in the House and Chuck Schumer wasn't too involved with what was going on in the Senate, Democrats were able to win seats in the um, in the House in 2018. And I think if we repeat what we did in 2018 by one, Nancy and Chuck kind of staying on the side and letting the voters in their states choose who they wanted to represent them on the Democratic ticket, um, I think then we will have a chance. Because if you notice, when the establishment doesn't get involved in the election and basically just decide who our candidate is going to be, um, Democrats tend to choose more progressive candidates or more center-left candidates that they feel better represent them economically, socially, and on issues on like climate change, on issues like healthcare. Um, so if we can repeat what we did in 2018 and Joe Biden has a pretty successful first year, I think Democrats will have a very good chance of winning. If we don't, if we do the complete opposite and we try to run more conservative Democrats, uh, more war hog Democrats, uh, more elitist uh, establishment de Democrats, we're going to get our behinds handed to us because Trump is going to still be involved in our elections in 2022. And like I said, Trumpism is very strong. Trump actually is very good at talking to middle America um, on issues of economics. He's very good at talking about how they've been getting the crap taken out of them from the establishment that the establishment has been taking from us instead of giving to us and helping us to thrive and prosper in this country. But once upon a time, the Democrats used to be the party of the working class party that now it's become um, more of a Republican talking point. You have Marco Rubio a few weeks ago talking about Republicans need to embrace the working class and multiculturalism. And I was like, I never would have thought I heard them say that <laughs> ever. That's something Democrats used to say. But somewhere along the lines, Democrats have lost their way. I think we need more Republicans. I mean, Democrats that are like AOC. And she's very good at talking to everyday Americans, everyday problems, unlike Nancy Pelosi, who wants to show off how expensive of a refrigerator she has with all her ice cream. So <laughs> Democrats need to figure out which Democrat they want. I say if you go more towards AOC-like politics, you have a good chance of winning. If you go towards Nancy Pelosi way of politics, you're going to get your behinds kicked in 2020, 2022 by Republicans. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story. Uh, so right now, uh, Joe Biden has named uh, his choice for chief of staff when he uh, is sworn in. Uh, that chief of staff being uh, Ron Klain. Ron Klain uh, was previously the chief of staff to two vice presidents. Uh, those uh, two vice presidents included uh, Joe Biden himself. Uh, when he uh, took office as vice president in 2009, up until February 2011. Uh, and he was also uh, the chief of staff to Vice President Al Gore from 1995 to 1999. Joe Biden has announced uh, that he will make Ron Klain his new chief uh, of staff. Uh, and mm -hmm. There's a lot of speculation going uh, on right now about who 
Joe Biden could put uh, in his upcoming cabinet. Uh, Right now, um, there's a big uh, contention over who will serve uh, as the Secretary of State. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some suggest that Susan Rice could be Joe Biden's Secretary of State. However, uh, if Republicans keep the Senate uh, on January 5th, Susan Rice's uh, confirmation fight might be a hard one, uh, which is why many, uh, uh, which is why many are suggesting that Delaware Senator Chris Coons, uh, Joe Biden's replacement in the United States Senate after he left to become Vice President to Barack Obama, could be uh, the next up to uh, be uh, Secretary of State. Uh, Coons is known to be a is known to be a moderate. Uh, who is uh, who can appeal to many uh, of the moderate Republicans in the United States Senate. Uh, and that could be uh, an appealing factor to many people. Uh, however, um, many believe that uh, he uh, many believe that um, uh, that he could uh, also get there because he is on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Many are also speculating about who, Joe Biden's uh, uh, Biden's general could be Uh, right now. It appears the top two contenders uh, appear to be Doug Jones, the retiring Alabama senator uh, and Sally Yates Uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of other uh, people who could uh, be rumored for other positions. uh, Janet uh, Yellen uh, is uh, uh, is rumored for Treasury Secretary Michelle Flarney is rumored for Secretary of Defense. Uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms is reportedly being eyed uh, for HUD Secretary. Uh, Boston Mayor Marty Walsh is reportedly uh, on the list for Secretary of Labor. Uh, And Heidi Heitkamp, the former North Dakota Senator, is reportedly one of the top favorites uh, for Agriculture Secretary, uh, along with Congresswoman Marsha Fudge. Now, none of this is confirmed uh, mm-hmm. As of this moment, uh, it's just uh, according to reports, these are some of the reportedly some of the favorites that Biden is looking at for his cabinet picks. So what are your thoughts on Joe Biden's uh, choice for chief of staff? And what are your thoughts on some of the other names he's uh, thinking about picking for his other cabinet roles? Um, can you tell me who his chief of staff people are again? I'm sorry. Um, so his chief of staff. Uh, right now is a man named Ron Klain, and he was uh, previously chief of staff to Joe Biden. When mm-hmm, he yeah. President, and he was also chief of staff to Al Gore when he was vice president. Um, I'm fine with that pick. I know that progressives are also very happy about that pick as well. And I feel like if progressives are happy, go with him. <laughs> because then that just cuts out all the infighting on the left between more center left liberals and progressives on the left so it seems like he's getting a two thumbs up from all corners in the democrat circle so i I, i'm guessing that's a very good pick i personally don't really actually know anything about him i have to do some more research on him but like i said if all sides seem to be happy then let's go for it as far as for um secretary of state you mentioned susan rice i actually think she's a good pick uh, I think it's going to be hard if the Republicans main control in the Senate. I don't think she's going to get through at all. Um, so you definitely should have some, some backups to her if she doesn't 
get through, but I think she's actually a good option. I heard that uh, Merrick Garland is up for um, um, Attorney General, and I think that's actually a very good pick. I actually would like to see Eric Holder back on the on the list for um, Attorney General. I know he's controversial for Republicans, but like I said, Democrats should never base their decisions on how Republicans feel about what's going on in the Democratic Party. Um, uh, overall, I think what Joe Biden should do as far as his cabinet, like in general, I think he should pick a mixture of progressives and he should pick a couple of people that are more uh, in the center. That way, it, it just cuts out a lot of this infighting that's been going on for years on the left that has, has really been draining me and I'm I'm quite over it. Um, I think he should pick a mixture. I actually think Julian Castro should be considered for HUD. He ran HUD under Obama, and I think he did a very good job. I'm surprised I'm not hearing his name again for um, as an option. Um, I don't think we should go with anybody that currently has a seat, that's currently a senator or uh, or in the House of Representatives. I don't think we should be giving up our seats because there's a possibility we could lose that seat to a Republican, and I don't want to take that risk right now. I feel like, nope, everyone that's already duly elected you need to stay in your seat <laughs> right now. I think we should pick people that are that currently are not a senator, are not a House representative, are not a governor, not a mayor currently. So that's my personal opinion. But like Heidi, you said Heidi, um, I always forget her last name. Heidi Camp. Headcamp. Yeah, she's a good pick to me. She currently doesn't have a seat. Give her, <laughs> give her a job. I'm perfectly okay with this. I just don't want Democrats having to defend more seats in a runoff right now or in a special election, especially since we need to be focusing on the runoff in Georgia and then 2022 coming up. Enough with trying <laughs> all these different races. Pick people that mm. don't currently have a job right now. Those are the people mm. you should pick. But like I said, it should just be a mixture of progressives and um and um, I guess conservative Democrats is what they call themselves. That way it just stops all the infighting. And plus, I think it's important to have a diverse coalition. I don't think you should just have all progressives or just all conservatives in your administration. The one thing I don't agree with Biden on is I think he was also looking at John Kasich or some other Republicans. Uh, great that they voted for Biden. I don't think they should be <laughs> in his administration. I just don't think we should have Republicans in a Democratic administration because Republicans would never have Democrats. So mm. I don't like that idea. I don't know why he, he thinks that he can just be friendly with them as if that's going to change. Like, no, we're still a divided country. We're going to remain a divided country for some time. So I don't know why he's trying to give get basically goodies to Republicans that voted for him. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the next story. So right now, Donald Trump is uh, uh, is reportedly significantly taking out uh, troops from Afghanistan and bringing them home. Uh, I know you mentioned that earlier in the episode uh, that has received some uh, praise from uh, from Republicans and Democrats and some uh, criticism uh, with Republicans like John Bolton and Dan Crenshaw. Uh, saying that it could hurt America's standing in the region. What are your thoughts uh, on Donald Trump uh, reported, reportedly attempting to bring some troops home from Afghanistan? I think that's actually a thing I agree with Trump on, <laughs> which is magic to me because I really agree with him on anything. I'm not a war hawk. I'm a firm believer. Like, 
when the war hawks are unhappy, it's probably good for America. Um, we had been in Afghanistan for what, like 20 years or something. Uh, mm. We're not winning this war with them. Like, <laughs> what are we still over there fighting for? Like, enough is enough. First of all, there's always going to be infidels and terrorists. But sometimes we just don't need to be involved anymore. We got Osama bin Laden. It's time to get out. Like, why are we, what are we over there for? We haven't rebuilt the country. Um, like I said, they still have terrorists over there. We still are dealing with ISIS. Sometimes it's just you just have to back away and you just have to let that country deal with what they need to deal with. Um, I mean, it sucks because I think we did cause a lot more problems than we helped over there. But again, we are exhausting our troops to, I mean, there's troops that are on like their fifth or sixth tour. That is re- absolutely ridiculous to me. Uh, we have been, we have wasted billions of dollars in Afghanistan and also in Iraq. And I'm like, to what? what's the outcome of it? Yes, we got Osama bin Laden. We got a couple other terrorists. But there's still a crap ton of them. They just keep popping up like cockroaches. You take down one group, another group pops up. Um, it's just time to bring our troops home. It's trying to protect our own shores. I just think this whole thing, trying to keep terrorists over there, protects us we've 9-11 was the biggest proof like you can have our military all over the world and they still somehow get onto our shores my whole point is is this i don't know what the point is with us being in afghanistan anymore i've completely lost what they were trying to gain over there like i said we haven't rebuilt the country they still don't they don't have democracy over there i think at one point they used to have something semi like democrat uh, a democracy but they don't have that anymore. All they have is chaos and dictatorship over there. Um, I just don't know what the point is. So I actually agree with Donald Trump. It is time to bring our troops home. Enough is enough. All those military funds that we invested in Afghanistan, time to bring those funds home to American shores and um, start build American businesses over here, start funding our schools and our roads. And let's just move on with it. Like, to me, sometimes I feel like you have to accept it's a lost cost. We're not we're not winning or gaining anything over there. All right. So let's move on to the next story. Uh, so right now, recently, there was a mil- there was a uh, protest from Trump from some Trump uh, voters called the Million MAGA March, uh, the uh, march, which uh, reportedly got over 10,000 uh, people uh, to attend uh, <laughs> in uh, protesting. Uh, the results uh, of the election. Uh, this is over uh, dispute over the election results. Um, however, there was some violence that did break out at the march uh, between uh, some uh, liberal counter protesters uh, and some Trump uh, pro Trump protesters. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Million MAGA march? Um, I'm a big supporter of free speech and people's right to protest whether I agree with their their agenda or not. So I supported their right to be out there to protest the election. So be it. If you want to do that, we're a democracy. Obviously, I disagree. I Joe Biden is our president-elect. Donald Trump did not win the election. It's clear as day. But if people want to believe the opposite and go out there and protest, that's fine. What I don't agree with is when stuff turns to violence. And I've said this, I've been saying this on both sides, we need to take the temperature down like we can disagree with one another and still be cordial 
with people. Like you don't have to get violent. We don't have to be shouting in people's faces, burning things down. All sides need to calm it down. <laughs> like just calm it down. Like it's it's ridiculous. If the people in the civil rights movement were able to protest peacefully while they were still getting their behinds kicked by police officers, you can do that in this modern day and age. Like you can protest peacefully and not be a fool. It actually started out, it was fine, it was peaceful. And then obviously there were there were agitators and enough is enough. But I support their right to want to be out there and protest. I don't agree with what their agenda is, the Million Maga March, but they're Americans like I'm an American and we all have a right to express ourselves one way or another. I just think both sides need to stop with the violence. All right. So recently, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was uh, called in front of the United States Senate once again via virtual call due to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, uh, because of a uh, because of the Facebook uh, protests or or because of the Facebook uh, because of controversy uh, over Facebook um, in terms of their policy. Um, Republicans tried to accuse Zuckerberg of uh, censoring conservative voices and commentators on the site, uh, whereas Democrats said that that was not the case. Uh, Many Democrats called on Zuckerberg uh, to remove uh, Republicans from the platform that they viewed as breaking uh, 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 the terms of services uh, with uh, with the uh, with Facebook. Uh, Hawaii Senator Maisie Hirono uh, called on Zuckerberg to remove uh, conservative commentator Stephen Crowder from uh, from Facebook, whereas the uh, whereas Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal uh, called on Zuckerberg uh, to remove Steve Bannon uh, from Facebook. What what are your thoughts on those hearings? Um. Honestly, I was very annoyed with those hearings because I just feel like we have bigger things to worry about. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Small businesses are closing down. So I kind of was like, why are we <laughs> concerned about this? But that said, it's something that happened. Here's My thoughts are, when it comes to like social media, Facebook and Twitter, honestly, I feel like they can do what they want. They're private companies. They can write whatever rules they want to write. If they want to put some type of notation about fake news or this is 100% accurate, so be it. If they don't want to do it, then they don't want to do it. Um, Again, they're a private company. And I'm actually confused of the conservative argument because it started out they were complaining with Facebook that they felt like Facebook was censoring their news then and that they didn't have a seat at the table. Then they get a seat at the table. Then now the liberals are upset that they have a seat at the table. And I mean, I just, everything's all over the place. and <laughs> It's not making any sense. I think the argument is supposed to be about monopolies, actually. Like, should we break up monopolies that these companies are getting to the point where they're too big to fail, so to speak? Um, I just feel like we've lost the point of what the actual argument is. And that's about Facebook and Twitter are very huge companies. And should we allow that in this country? Because then it does give them a lot of power. Um, The fact that we are now holding... Mark Zuckerberg and the um, Jack from, of Twitter, the CEO of Twitter, responsible for the election and feeding news to people during the election, to me is outrageous, but it also shows how big they are. And um, 
so I don't know. I'm kind of I'm torn because I'm also just lost in what the argument is. <laughs> like, where where are we going with this? Like, why do we keep having these hearings with with Jack and Mark and also the um, CEO of Google? Like, what is the point of these hearings? Like, what are we trying to achieve here? Um, I just they look like it's just political, um, a political masquerade to me, like or not masquerade like political grandstanding right now on both the Democrats and the Republicans. And I just feel like we just need to actually just drop it because we just have bigger things going on right now. Let Jack and Mark and do whatever they want. Now, when you're ready to actually have an actual honest conversation that monopoly about monopolies, let's have that conversation. But right now it's just bickering between Republicans and Democrats. And frankly, I'm just over it. Mm. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the final story we have on the list. Uh, So one of Donald Trump's uh, choices for the Federal Reserve uh, to serve on the Federal Reserve uh, has uh, been blocked. Uh, Judy Shelton is an economist uh, and a graduate of the University uh, of Utah. Uh, She was uh, Donald Trump's pick to serve uh, on the Federal Reserve. Uh, However, that nomination has been blocked potentially permanently, although there are some possibilities that after the Thanksgiving recess, there could be another vote on her nomination. Uh, Shelton is considered controversial uh, because of her previous criticisms uh, of the Federal Reserve, uh, as well as uh, her um, as well as her advocacy for uh, for the gold standard she she wants to return to the gold standard uh that's considered a controversial position um but uh right now uh uh the senate the republican controlled senate blocked the decision by a 47 to 50 margin uh 47 senators uh uh right now every democrat um uh voted against uh shelton's nomination um, including, um, uh, uh, but on top of that, uh, multiple Republicans also voted against her nomination. Three, apparently. Uh, those three, including Susan Collins of Maine, she voted against the nomination. Uh, on top of that, Mitt Romney from Utah voted against the nomination. Uh, and finally, uh, Mr. Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, who is uh, stepping down this year, he did not run in this election. He's going to be re- replaced by another Republican. He uh, also uh, did not vote for Shelton's nomination. Uh, so what are your thoughts uh, on that? Um, and why do you think uh, wh- why do you think she was not confirmed? Um, I think she wasn't confirmed because a lot of Democrats and some Republicans were concerned that she has a lot of extremist views about how we distribute I guess our our money in this country and they felt like she would be a hinder to Joe Biden's presidency like if he tried to like pass through a stimulus bill she might be the person that like oh this is not good let's put a halt to this I think she's one of those kind of Republicans that she doesn't like to spend money at all like she's more of a cut 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 we need to stop spending money um and that's scary to obviously to Democrats who believe more in spending money to stimulate the economy and 
So I don't know. I don't really know what her scandalous views are. I keep looking for them and I'm like, well, what exactly are her, like, what has she actually set on the record that scared off Democrats as a whole and a couple of Republicans? Most of these articles just keep telling me, oh, she holds unusual views. What are those unusual views that she likes to, she's not a big spender. A lot of Republicans aren't big spenders um, in the sense of when you think about Mm. Republicanism and, and, um, in general, not under the Trump presidency is completely different <laughs> when it came to spending. So I'm actually not, I'm confused why they blocked her. Um, I would like more of an understanding. I just only read that they were worried that she she would just damage Biden's presidency when it came, if he wanted to pass another stimulus. I, but I'm like, how, how so? How can she do that? Like, I don't know. So I'm sorry. I don't really have any. I, I know a lot of people. I know many people are upset about the gold standard. A lot of people uh, right now, she wants to return to the gold standard. Um, that's considered a controversial view. Some, some Republicans agree with that. Certainly, I know Ron Paul is considered an advocacy for the an advocate for the gold standard. But overall, that's not considered a popular view. And I know that that is something that a lot of people. But what do they consider the gold standard? Um, well, I, I think they're they're talking about returning to the pre-Nixon policy. Uh, uh, to my understanding, the, the gold standard was uh, Nixon. Uh, I believe he he outlawed uh, gold as a currency, and then it was unoutlawed, and then mm-hmm. and, and she wants to return to that pre-policy, and that's not considered something that's within the norm of a lot of the minds of Americans. And I guess she's also been very critical of the federal reserve before. And apparently that's not, that's ruffled some feathers. I mean, I think it's, it would be, I guess, weird if you criticize uh, the feds, but now you want to work for the feds. That seems kind of weird to me, but I also personally think, and I know this might be outside of my views as a liberal, I sometimes think it's good to have people that don't support necessarily parts of the government to be involved in that government because I think it kind of puts the government in check and makes sure that they don't get too expansive or too out of control. I think it's good to have opposing views <laughs> in our government. I don't think it's good to have everyone just agrees with each other because then no one's really being held accountable. Now, I did find this quote from Senator... Um, of Tennessee, Lamar Alexander. And he said, I oppose the nomination of Julie Shelton because I'm not convinced that she supports the independence of the Federal Reserve Board as much as I believe she should. So I guess she's just too much of an outsider and Democrats ain't having it and neither a couple of Republicans. But it might actually be a good thing to have someone coming from the outside that's not kissing the the behinds of the Federal Reserve that's coming in and be like, wait a minute, (laughs) <laughs> let's just slow down for a second let's really think this through you know is this really the right thing that we should be doing I sometimes think that's good to have but mm-hmm. I tend to sometimes be on the outside of things so <laughs> we'll see but I think she's actually if they bring her vote up again I think she's going to make it because once those um, Republicans that return that have been out because they have COVID I think once they get better I think Mitch McConnell is going to bring that back up to a vote before we figure out what happens in Georgia before they have the, um, the, the election there for the runoff races. I think he's actually going to try to get her in before, was it January 5th is the runoff in Georgia? Yeah. So I think Mitch is, if those senators are able to, or better before then, he's definitely going to um, push her through 
100%. So, and then Democrats are just going to have to deal with it. So, but that's what happens when you don't run good elections <laughs> and you lose seats. You just have to deal with it. So, the Democrats should have done a better, better job of trying to win the Senate, and we wouldn't be in this predicament right now. All right. Uh, Quinaya Fulton, uh, sorry. Um, uh, uh, Kiana. Kiana Fulton, thank you again for uh, joining me once again. Uh, if you want to, before you leave, uh, tell people where you can be found on social media and also where people can listen to your podcast and read some of your books. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at the Kiana Fulton. It's spelled Kiana spelled Q-U-I-A-N-A and then my last name F-U-L-T-O-N. So the Kiana Fulton on Twitter, also on Instagram. You can find my podcast, Pretty Politics, everywhere on Anchor, on Spotify, Apple. It's out there everywhere. I also have another podcast. It's my um, more of my pop culture um, podcast where I talk about people like Harry Styles and Britney Spears and stuff. That's called Sweets. You can also find that everywhere as well. Um, if you just do a, a Google search of my name, you can find all my writings that I've done for several publications are out there as well. So please keep in touch with me. I did also recently self-publish a book. It's a, a young adult novel. It's called Red. Um, so if you're into YA, check it out. Um, I also made it available on Wattpad for free for those who you know are low on funds right now. You can read my book for free on Wattpad, but it's also for sale on Amazon as well. And that's all. I have fun talking to you. You too. Thank you. All right. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you.